backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership. Hey, y'all. Thanks for stopping in tonight. I really have a fun and interesting interview tonight with my good friend, Matt Baird of Spoken. I know you don't want to miss this one, so let's just dive right in. Hey, Matt. What's up, man? I am somewhere in southern Tennessee sitting outside a mall on a bench. I'm I'm borrowing some Wi-Fi. You're always somewhere. By somewhere, I mean not home. (laughs) That's true. I'm always somewhere, and it, it has been a weird five months of not being as many places as I would like to be. It's been amazing to be home with Tiffany and the boys so much. It has been awesome. And my wife, I mean, as of five minutes ago when I walked away from the car to come here to sit on this bench, she seemed to still like being around me. So uh, that's a great thing. On March 12th is when everything just stopped. For for me, I mean, I was I was on an acoustic tour with Tiffany and the boys. We were in Flagstaff, Arizona, and within an hour, all of the remaining shows on the tour canceled. It put it into perspective pretty quick that everything was going to be different. Yeah, but and boy has it. It's shocking. <laughs> hey, well, let me start. I want to I want to say something before we go any further. Okay. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for all that you have done, not only for the Baird family and with spreading the news anytime that we might be in any kind of need or prayer. Like you're always literally one of the first people to make it known to get the community that has come together. I mean, there's people all over the U.S. and Europe now, everyone coming together to help out bands on the road and put tours together and make events successful. So thank you very much for all of your hard work and for inspiring a lot of other people to do the same. So thanks. Well, thank you. And y'all have inspired me. We're building each other up. And I think the metal rock community is such a close knit family. We really do care about each other. Yeah, absolutely. So Spoken has been spoken for 24 years. 24 years, yep. February 10th of 1996 was technically our first show. It it wasn't like a planned thing. We just happened to be hanging out at someone's house, and they decided they were going to invite a bunch of people over. And uh, they're like, hey, why don't you have your band play? Uh, We don't even have a name. They're like, well, play something. So we played three songs, and that's kind of when it started. How has the band changed, let's say? in 24 years? The band has changed, I think, in many ways when it comes to the image of the band, the people in the band, the musical style of the band has evolved over the years. But the one thing that has remained the same is the vision and the mission of the band, and that is to use rock and roll as a way to tell people that Jesus loves them and has a plan for their life. That's that's the one constant that has always been, and it will always be. And just because it's different guys in the band, or maybe the industry has completely changed and every way. It doesn't mean that someone's core value needs to change. And ours has always been like, what's it going to take for us to continue to be a band and to, to try our best to maintain the integrity that was in the beginning. Our first band meeting where we tried to figure out what are we going to name our band? You know, the five of us and, you know, Jesus is like our sixth member and he has the final say. And so here we are 24 years later and in the band, as far as members, it's myself and JR, but we try really hard to run through those doors that we feel like God opens up for us. And it's been amazing because over the years, there's been a lot of amazing play. Players, whether it be guitar player, bass player, drummers, who have come alongside, not being in the band, but helping the mission of the band, filling in on tours or writing songs with us or whatever it is. And it's been amazing. It's been a huge part of why Spoken still exists this far along. One of the things I think that people may not know is the testimony of how you 
came to know Christ. I think that testimony is why you're doing what you're doing. I'd like some people to hear that. Well, when I was 12 years old, I got a skateboard and an acoustic guitar all within probably months of each other. The skateboard situation was my mom bought a skateboard for my brother and I to share, which is always like, yeah, right. Like brothers are going to share something. So luckily my brother lost interest like immediately in skateboarding. And so that, that skateboard became mine. And so that's what I did. I skateboard all the time, try my best to learn new tricks. Uh, obviously, I never became a professional skateboarder. That guitar that my dad brought home from a garage sale, you know, once I got over the whole thing of how much it hurt my fingers to try to learn how to play and teaching myself how to somehow make chords work, I felt like it was something that I would really like to do with my life. I never knew that was possible, so I continued skateboarding. I don't know, when I was 14 years old, I got invited to church for the first time because I was skateboarding in the parking lot. A kid named Jason Anderson invited me in. It was during a potluck dinner as well. My mind was completely blown by all of the free food that was inside this building. And everyone treated me so kind. They were like, oh, you're the kid that's always skateboarding in the parking lot. Wow, so great to have you here. Uh, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. I'm like, okay, whoever that is, no big deal. I started going to that church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday evening for youth group. And about a month of me going there and experiencing like unconditional love from all these people, I wanted, I wanted to know who Jesus was. And so on February 2nd of 1992, I surrendered my life to Jesus. And it wasn't until I was 19 years old that I felt like God wanted me to do music and to do it for real. I think the way that I see you minister, you still have that in the back of your head. You listen to what they say and you know that you've got this moment that you can make an impact and you use it very wisely. I appreciate watching you minister to people like that. It's really kind of you. And most of this whole situation of slowing down and actually trying to listen to what people are saying and to hear their heart, it absolutely comes from me watching my wife. My, me watching my wife with people, with students, with adults, with anyone that she comes in contact with, she has a way with them because one, she truly does care about them. She cares about their heart. She cares about what they may or may not be dealing with. But at the same time, she's an absolute amazing listener. And she's just a nice person. She's the most holy person I know. Anything that comes to me actually taking the time, having the patience to slow down and listen has been something that has developed over years upon years. I mean, I've known her for 18 years and every day is something where I see what it is that I would hope to be someday when it comes to to her love for people. And so that's been something that I've really had to work through over the years. The way I am now with people is a lot different than when I was 19, 20 years old. I didn't really want to be on stage or be in front of people or sing in front of people, but God had a different plan. And I think I'm kind of a, a walking, talking example of God taking someone that doesn't deserve it in any way, shape, or form, and it's completely out of my comfort zone, and puts them in front of hundreds or thousands of people, depending on where we're at in the world. I don't want to miss moments. And, you know, as I get older and my kids get older, if Jackson or Hudson were to walk up to a band that they loved, right, and that band did not take the time to actually stand there and listen, I would be having words with that band because yeah. it's so important. It's so important to be like, hey, slow down, take the time. What? You know what? You might be late for a show. You know what? Matt Baird and the guys in Spoken have been late for a thousand shows. Sometimes it's an issue. Sometimes it's not. But if it's because we're standing at a gas station talking to someone or, you know what, we take a little longer to get inside the building because there's some kid skateboarding in the parking lot outside, mm -hmm. we're going to be standing there talking to them. More with Matt coming up. Check us out on Facebook at... 
I'm with Mothership. Hey, this is Matt from the band Spoken. You're listening to Solid Rock Radio. I couldn't leave this portion out of the call. If anybody knows Matt, you know he wears all black all the time, and you're hard-pressed to find him smiling in any photos with his fans. If you don't know why, you're about to find out. Oh, yeah, and he and T.J. Harris of Decipher Down have somewhat of a friendly rivalry over my banana pudding. Let's listen. A lot of people don't know you kind of have your own sense of dry humor. That game face that you put on. You got to keep that game face. You know what, Cindy? Let me tell you a quick story of why I try my best to stay consistent. Kids, they want to take a picture. They might be five years old. They might be 10, 12, 15. I'm like, hey, tough as nails, all right? Tough as nails. Stand there. Stare at that camera like you're mad at it. You know what I mean? Stay consistent, right? Because if one time... You end up having a goofy grin on your face. That's going to be the only thing that people are going to ever post or comment about. I have one in mind right now that I've seen a whole lot of times and a whole lot of comments on. Here's the deal. Here's the story. Ten years ago, easily, okay, I wore a shirt that my wife had gotten for me. It was a purple Volcom shirt, like a skate company, right? Mm -hmm. Awesome shirt. Loved it. It was like a V-neck Volcom. At that time frame, V-necks were super cool. I was super hip and current. And I wore a purple shirt to a church function. Okay. Never thought anything about it. Not a big deal. I still hear comments now, 10 years later from people I didn't even know were at that event. Like, oh, dude, man, remember that time you wore that purple shirt to that? I'm like, are you (laughs) serious right now? That's why I don't wear colored shirts. That's why I try my best to stay consistent with my photos and with my black on black. Look, what am I wearing right now? Black on black. I can see. Black on black. The Matt Beard I know and love. That's it. That's me. (laughs) You have been caught smiling a few times. I know. I've seen the pictures. (laughs) Especially when you're looking at pudding. Hey, I was going to tell you this too. I was thinking about it today. Growing up, my mom would make uh, banana pudding. You know, and it was something where it's like during during that time frame, I'm like, man, it's fine. I don't really, whatever. But I got to a point where I, I really missed it, right? I missed it, not having it. And that time specifically when uh, I was in Georgia and you brought banana pudding, it was so good. It was so good. And I know I know every band, every band member, they like it. That whatever, If you want to get specific, TJ Harris, like he, it's a rivalry. <laughs> it's a rivalry of, of Matt and TJ when it comes to your banana pudding. He can have it if I'm not there. But if I'm there, we've got to come to the agreement we, we share it, okay? okay? Now, if there's some opening band that neither of us have ever heard of, they will not get any banana pudding. But TJ and I will share it. Okay. So y'all heard it here. <laughs> That's All it. Right. Whenever, whenever we play uh, together again, TJ, if you hear this, we will be amicable. That's what okay. we'll be. My children will not get any. Your children will not get any, TJ. It's just us. Is that because if y'all had to fight for it that he might win, or are you just... Absolutely, without a doubt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and for the record, he is smiling. You're listening to Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio. Okay, Matt, I want to ask, how did things change when you got JR on board? Now, JR was my first interview, so we've already talked a lot about spoken and the music and things like that, but what was your decision-making in asking JR to join the band, and how has it changed the band? I didn't listen to his interview, so I don't know what he said. So what if I contradict stuff that JR said about how he became a band member? Because his story, I don't know if he really remembers what happened. Because he had his wisdom teeth out the same day that he sent me a text that said, Hey, I really feel like the Lord's telling me to join Spoken. I basically said, you're high on pain medication. And I didn't respond to anything else he said that day. That is exactly the story he told. Okay, great. But he didn't really know (laughs) he said that until I told him. JR 
is one of the most talented guys I've ever met in my life. JR is a great singer, a great songwriter, a great performer as well. He's so good. Yes, he um, is. JR is incredibly funny. JR has an extremely tender heart when it comes to taking relationships serious, when it comes to anything that is about Jesus. He's all about it. He always has been about it. It's such an honor to be in a band with him. I'm a whole lot older, but I also believe that there's a maturity level of him when it comes to being professional and performance because of going on the road when he was, what, 14 with head? That is leaps and bounds ahead of anyone else that's his age, okay? Mm -hmm. But then you have the other side of JR, which is, is he insane? Is he just ridiculous or is it that he has a sense of humor that he can do anything? He's such a humble person. JR is self-conscious about everything. When I tried to tell him that he needed to do guitar lessons, he's like, I've never taught guitar lessons. I'm like, okay, you're an amazing guitar player. I think people would have a lot to learn from you. He's going to be great at it. Right now, there's a couple students that are already lined up once he gets, you know, stuff taken care of with the Love and Death record. He's going to be an amazing guitar teacher. I think he would be very patient. He would be thinking back at how he was as a young kid learning yep. and teaching himself yep. how to play. He's going to be one of the best record producers. He's extremely gifted working in the studio. And I just think he has great ideas. It was my theory that he and you do so well because he was used to being with Head. Brian was older also and kind of yep. taught him the ropes and I think he's comfortable with that because he is very mature yeah tell me a little bit about the new album there's some really heavy songs on the new record obviously nightmare is its own I think that it was a song that we released at just you know a perfect time nightmare is a song that started five years ago Justin Olmstead from Righteous Vendetta and I started writing that song and it was a really really heavy song I got just kind of pushed to the back burner and when I showed it to JR he was like this song is so good he's like I have an idea I'm like, okay, cool. Love to hear it. Anyway, a week later, he sends me the music to Nightmare, and it's it's a slow, piano-driven ballad. And I'm like, this is perfect. Done. Is there a theme to the album that you're working on? I think the theme is just life and trying to figure out where Jesus fits in every element of all of it. And what is my place? And how do I influence people I could come in contact with? And when it comes to love, grace, forgiveness, how do we all react to it? So often, we feel like we don't deserve the grace that's being offered to us, especially when it comes from Jesus, because we, we kind of think that maybe Jesus doesn't really know our hearts and he doesn't really know our thoughts, where that's not the case. He knows everything. And he's like, hey, I love you. Let's figure this out. Amen. Talk about touring in general right now during this pandemic. And uh, tell me a little bit after that about your acoustic tour and how that works. Yeah, well, with touring as a band is non-existent right now for Spoken. You know, a lot of that is just wanting to be safe, wanting to not bring something home to my wife and kids and get them sick at the same time, wanting to be respectful of concert goers of promoters, of obviously churches, they're all kind of struggling right now to figure out how to even pay the bills that they have every month, let alone entertainment. Touring as a band right now is really difficult, but we have been fortunate enough to do three shows since like February, and it's been really cool to play them. So it, it is different, but at the same time, being able to play it all is awesome, and we're grateful for that. We have one more show coming up in late September that's a private event that used to be a public event, but it's only for the church. That way they can stay safe. The church is already meeting, you know, on Sunday. So it's like, okay, we'll, we'll blow in, we'll play a show, and we'll get out. 
What about the acoustic situation? You know, the acoustic touring situation is something that I've, I've done for a lot of years in between spoken tours. When it comes to being on tour with spoken, I'm not about days off. So if I can play someone's backyard acoustic, I'll do it. I'll show up at a coffee shop and play. From mid-March until literally two weeks ago, during all of the social injustice issues that were going on all over the country, I didn't want to be disrespectful to that. We're all trying to figure out how to love our neighbors and how to be better human beings. But I think kindness is something that is missing in a lot of situations. And when, when kindness and a little bit of understanding and grace can be applied, I think we'll get somewhere. I love the worship element of acoustic tours. I love the storytelling aspect. I love having my wife and kids on the road. Does that mean I don't like rock and roll and I don't want to tour with the band anymore? Not at all. I've been doing acoustic tours and spoken tours for 10 years, you know, so I want to do it all. And I love it all. It's in your blood. It is. Travis Wyrick, he's a producer out of Knoxville. He's, he's, yeah, he I did know, two Travis. spoken records. He's done like five or six disciple records, like all this stuff. He told me one time that he used to want to tour until he was dead. You know, he's like, I'm, gonna, I'm always going to tour. I'm always going to play live. He's like, but one day he woke up and it was like God removed that performance chip out of his shoulder. He didn't desire it anymore. He mm-hmm. moved on to other things. Someday it'll happen. I'm like, all right, when it happens, I will embrace it. But until then, I want to play rock and roll. I want to play acoustic shows. I want to write songs. I want to be better as I get older when it comes to communication with people. I want to be a better father, a better husband, a better friend. Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Check us out on Facebook at I'm with Mothership. Out Performance Shop is a proud supporter of Solid Rock Radio. They specialize in retail and wholesale of automotive high-performance racing and off-road products. They also carry a variety of accessories from remote control cars to rock and roller multi-carts. On the web at outperformance.com. I don't know if you want to tell this story, but there was a email you got from Germany. Something you didn't understand Speeding because tickets. you don't speak German. <laughs> And you said, what is this? It was a speeding ticket. It was a speeding ticket in Germany. So, of course, you know, Matt, he can't go to Europe without driving just like he does in the United States, right? So true. Yep, absolutely. I'm driving. I get a uh, WhatsApp message from the Germans saying, what is Matt Baird asking about this email? And he said, he wants to know what it is. And they go, oh, it's a speeding ticket. Yeah. And they go, what does he want us to do? And I said, well, he doesn't know what to do because he can't read it. Yeah, all I wanted to do is figure out what it said to see if I was going to jail or if I could pay it. How do I pay it? I can't read any of this stuff, but you, you helped I me out. I took the lead, found the right website. You were on tour, weren't you? Yeah, of course you yeah, were. I was on tour. And yep, you called we paid me, it. sat here on the computer, and we paid online. That was so a good funny. Story. So funny. Yeah. Okay, before we go, I wanted to ask you about your eyes and about your dizziness so we can pray for you. Yeah, last year in July, we were on tour and I woke up seeing triple vision. I went to a clinic near Cincinnati, Ohio. I told them what was going on. They, they got me in. I told the doctor what was going on. He eventually said, I don't want to alarm you, but you may have had a mild stroke. And so he's like, you need to be at a neurologist immediately. Uh, we canceled the rest of the shows. Colson, who was filling in on guitar at the time, drove me back to Iowa. I went to the emergency room. I was in the hospital for two days with them trying to sort out what was going on with CT scan, all this blood work and everything. Anyway, the neurologist that was there was saying it was migraines. I'm like, I've had migraines my whole life. It's not migraines. And he just keeps on with pushing this whole thing. He's like, well, here's the three options. And all three options were medications that were IV 
that could give me a stroke. I'm like, wait, what? why would I do that? And he's like, well, these are the options. I was like, release me. My wife and I had talked about it quite a bit, and it's like, this isn't correct. This, You know what a migraine is. And so uh, they released me. I went to a different emergency room at a different hospital that evening. I told the doctor what's going on. He was like, um, no, th- this is a vision issue. This isn't a stroke situation. It's not migraines. I'm going to get you in with a specialist in West Des Moines. I'll be right back. So came back, gave me my appointment for the specialist. I went there. The guy's like, all right, here's what it is. It's called a decompensated phoria. I'm like, okay, what's that? He's like, basically, your eyes are sending two and three images to your brain instead of one. Your eyes are supposed to merge what you're seeing into one image and, and relay it to your brain. Here's what we're going to do. Something called a prism. It's on my glasses. It's on my sunglasses, and it's on my regular eyeglasses. And it shifts my vision and my right eye to meet up with my left eye. And as far as I know, it it hasn't gotten any worse. So nothing else has had to be done. I still have the prism on my glasses. It only affects me if I have my glasses off, which is on stage, was spoken at night, at home, going to bed, or in a pool with my children. That's it. Have you fallen off stage yet or run into Uh, anybody yet? Not because of my eyes, but just because (laughs) of being careless. So yeah, I've fallen off many stages in my life. It it didn't start last year. But the optometrist said that as long as it doesn't get worse, I think it's going to be where it's at. But there's no improving it. My last question is your favorite road snack. Now, I kind of know some of them since I've been feeding you for a while, but everybody else doesn't. My favorite road snack at any moment. I will absolutely pick up a Whatchamacallit because it's the best candy bar that has ever been created. I love Whatchamacallits. Whatchamacallit with a cup of coffee is literally one of the most amazing things in the world. But my favorite place to eat is Sheets. That's it. You know that. Everybody who knows Mm -hmm. me knows that I should work for Sheets as someone in the marketing department on the road. Yep. Well, thank you, Matt, for calling in while you're on the road and for talking to me today. Absolutely. Thank you very much. That's it for tonight. I hope you enjoyed my call with Matt as much as I did. Don't forget to check out my blog on solidrockradio.org and follow the links to Spoken and Matt Baird's websites and social media pages. Thanks for stopping in. Stay tuned for great music all night long and this show will be replayed at 4 a.m. Eastern Time and will be added to the Solid Rock Radio website archive and SoundCloud soon. I pray you have a wonderful week and remember to be kind to one another.